Hi, and welcome back to Bad Breaches. I'm Justin. And I'm Joy. I almost said I'm Joy. <laughs> nope, you're not. <laughs> and we're back with our favorite person in the whole entire world. Very special guest. Guest, who are you? Uh, I am Tony from the Career Development Office. Hi, Hi Tony. And I'm, I'm honored you would say that about me. But <laughs> I've spent it's a so much time but with I appreciate you it. in the last two weeks, Tony. <laughs> it's fine. Probably more than you. Yeah, have. I've heard a lot. Every time she's like, Tony's going to be so tired of me. I have another question. <laughs> I'm not tired of any of you. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, this is better than practicing law, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you should definitely practice law. That's um, what we're going to do one day. Wow. Great. Oh, can't wait for the JD advantage. Okay. <laughs> no, all, all jobs are good jobs. Um, but that's also a great segue into what we're going to talk about today. Sure. Jobs. So last time we were with you, Tony, we had j- it was the day after our last exam, RIP, Um and since then, we've got our jobs. Oh, 10. No, we it? don't have our jobs. No, not jobs, not jobs. Oh, I, I wish, wish we had our jobs. Grades. We got grades like 10, 10 days ago now, I guess. Um, it been that, that I guess it has been yeah, that long, I know, yeah. Right? <laughs> um, so it feels like forever. <laughs> some of you might haven't, might have not gotten your jobs yet. Jobs. Grades. We obviously grades. know what jobs are. Jobs are on the, on the brain a lot for me right now. Um, but we're just going to talk a little bit about. Moving forward, now that we have our grades, um, what we need to do to get jobs, um, and just generally living. So, Tony, give us a, a little, I know you've probably been doing a lot of this, a little pep talk about our grades. Like, assume I didn't do as well as I wanted to okay. this semester. Yeah. That's so, let's start with some baseline stuff. Um, let's keep in mind that about 90% of our base classes did not do as well as they wanted to do. Yeah. I don't know if you know this. Uh, statistics show that 90% of people did not graduate in the top 10% of their law school class. Oh. Um, so, I mean, look, that's the downside of grading on the curve, right? Mm-hmm. Is that you are necessarily sort ordered in grades are, while they are, there's a relationship to your ability to synthesize material and learn material and mm-hmm. regurgitate, regurgitate material and analyze material, it's also a function of a lot of different things that aren't really measurable until you actually sit down and spend literally four hours doing all those things yeah. and, and one on one topic for one thing, for one professor, for one grade. So the, the one thing I, I always encourage students to do is to not let those three numbers be you. That's easier said than done. I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the so so the so the first thing I would do is like, look, if you need some space, take a minute. It's fine. It is okay to be disappointed in your grades, unless you have a four zero, and then I need you out of my office. <laughs> uh, I I rarely have that problem here at our school. Um, I, I I have heard stories, horror stories. Um, but I did have to have a little reality therapy with somebody today that was you know they were they were grousing about a particular grade and I asked them about the grade I'm like no seriously I you know you need to be careful about what you're saying because no. you're have people with real problems walking around here um so that's the first thing the second thing is um in this is something that we we never think about we being people and, and doing what I do never think about sharing with students and we always remember uh two days too late is that it's your grades. You don't have to share them with anyone. Or if you want to share them, that's fine. But be gracious about it. Right. Yeah, um, I think that's very important. Um, yeah, look, look. I understand. It is is really 
it's really hard if you did well to not want to shout that out, right? It's just hard because it's like, it's a significant achievement. Um, but you also need to not be a, a jerk about the fact that, you know, no matter where you are, there's a lot of people who not just covet your grades, might actively harm you uh, either, either through through their wish casting or like just <laughs> right. looks or whatever. And it's, it, besides that, it's just not, look, we're we're working on profession, mm-hmm. right? It's it's cool. It's cool to be proud of yourself. It's not cool to be egotistical about yourself. Um, so I, the re- and, and the yeah. reason I say that is that you, in, you we're fortunate. We don't see a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I understand if you. I'm sorry, I said the school. Oh, That's okay. Well. I'm bleeding out. I'm really bleeding out. Okay, <laughs> uh, here at our school, um, you know, but when it does happen, it's rare that it is an intentional. Like, ha, 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 look what I did. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It does happen, but it's rare. Um, most of the time, it's people just really proud and they want to share. Yeah. Um, the, the corollary to that, of course, is that eventually you have to. <laughs> um, and I encourage people to own their grades because they're your grades. You can't fix them until next time. And it's really, uh, and there's a, a well-known but great line from Richard VIII. Um, it's Richard VIII. Something about, you know, it, to the effect of it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter how you fall unless that's all you have left. Um, Shakespeare's going to come back and haunt you. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the, the point is, yeah, yeah. it's like, look, your grades are your grades. Own your grades. But also have a plan and, and discuss, hey, look, I've already talked to my professors. I know what I did wrong. Um, I, here are the affirmative steps I'm taking to make sure I don't make those same mistakes. Um, that is as important as as anything else you do, because look, you, you have one semester of grades. They're one-sixth of your grades. Um, there are people listening to this that have really not great grades or are going to graduate with pretty decent grades. And there are people that have really good grades right now that will not graduate with really great grades. Um, so it, it really is a race to make sure you continue to improve. Because the goal here, of course, is... May of 2021 to walk across the stage, shake hands with the dean of the president university, get a piece of paper, and then go on another two month quest to take another exam. Um, and I don't say that'd be funny. I'm just saying that's the goal. Yeah. Right. Um, so you know the the all of you, um, most of you, many 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 of you, are completely on track for that. Um, and if you're not, it's time to go talk with people, and that's fine too. Sorry about the soliloquy. No, that's great. That's great. Um, I have a lot of feelings about the curve. I think it's dumb. Um, (laughs) In general, uh, I was just talking to one of my good friends um, about great, uh, someone not in law school, and she was like, well, you can always, like, do better next semester. And I was like, yeah, I can. But then I had that moment where I realized that me doing better means someone else has to do worse. And I just fundamentally don't think that's how the world should work. So I hate it. Well, there's also that everyone else is doing better too. Right, yeah. right, right. So yeah. like the whole, as far as like strategically being able to do better and... Like, it, look, yeah. look, as someone who consistently set the right side of the curve, <laughs> uh, the low side of the down, the low side of the back side of the curve, um, I, I eventually developed the the mindset and I think I was writing this is like I just wanted to get better myself it was I I wanted to be able to become a stronger writer to make sure I was you know knew the law um it was positioned to pass the bar exam I mean those are kind of the biggies yeah. um yeah does it is it hurt or you or if you 
had come to law school because you were going to be the big law maven. Um, you were going to clerk on the Supreme Court or you're going to clerk for a federal judge um, and you have a two-something. You know, those things are off the table now. Um, that doesn't mean they're off the table forever and ever and ever. Maybe the clerking thing might be because just because of the timing of that. But there are ways to go to big law, um, even if you don't have great grades. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I've talked with you all about yeah. my story with that. Um, you know, and it wasn't necessarily big law, but it was a firm, a boutique firm that hired from Ivy's in the University of Maryland because that was the that was the founders' law law uh, law school, um, and you know there was like three of us that were not from those law schools, um, and believe me, I had the lowest grades in that firm by a lot. Um, I mean, they, they had paralegals with better grades uh, in law school, but you know the 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 reality of all of this is to say there are plenty of paths to enriching great careers that are wholly independent of what your grades are. Um, the curve does set a really weird kind of thing. And I think that the curve is actually the largest part of all the competition in law school. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I am old and white enough to think there's still value in it, but I'm also um, a progressive-minded enough to see the arguments why it's not necessarily the best thing to measure student success. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that's a conversation that... I, oh, no, just, we could do a whole right, five just, podcast on that. I just know that the majority of our professors have expressed to us they don't like grading on a curve. Mm-hmm. Like, the idea, it just feels sort of artificial drawing the lines. Yeah. Right. And, I mean, we, we could talk about it forever. I just think that it's something that a lot of people in the legal profession complain about. So... I think I'm more okay with the curve in doctrinal classes and it just doesn't make sense to me in classes like legal writing and legal research yeah. okay, that's where I'm like how can you there. accurately curve the class based on what we put in a five page word document and those are those are fair points and when I say I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm old enough to, to think there's value in it um, from a very practical standpoint um, you know law firms Many law firms do a really good, the, the firms that care about grades. Mm-hmm. Just, I'm going to take law firms off the table and say the <laughs> firms that care about grades. Um, a lot of them do a really good job of drilling down beyond simply the grades. Now, the grades are a proxy for certain things. I, I don't necessarily agree with that as a, mm-hmm. as a straight uh, assessment, but it's a proxy, right? So it, it allows them to take a pool of 1,000 candidates to a pool of 50 candidates or 70 candidates or 100 candidates or whatever it is, uh, simply. Um, and that's that's why I say there, from a business standpoint, there is a usefulness. There. And the same for, for judges because, you know, let's face it, there is a corollary between um, between law school grades and the ability to write well. And there's a corollary between law school grades and the ability to, like, really think deeply about legal issues. And, and I say that, and I don't mean to apply that you can't if you didn't make good grades. It's just, as, as a rule, across populations – People that make better grades in law school actually are able to think more deeply. About it. I mean, and I'm blown away. I mean, all of y'all, I, I would have never gotten, I would have been an instant no to when, when I, if I'd applied to law school now, right, with, with my matrices, right? I mean, I had really decent grades. I had good grades for my class um, in, in undergrad, and my LSAT was, you know, below the median, um, uh, and probably was 
around the 70, uh, 25th percentile for the class. But, you know, I checked some other boxes, particularly I was from, I had an ag degree undergrad, um, and, you know, I wrote a fairly interesting personal statement that was really reflective, you know, as a first-generation mm-hmm. student, reflective of what they were looking for in the early 90s. Um, so, but, you know, the reality is, is like, I can, I can right now point out the people from my law school class who are now general counsels of companies and presidents of universities and, you know, managing partners of firms that all of you have heard of no matter where you're listening to this. Um, that's not, uh, it's not to say that they're better people than me uh, or even really better lawyers than I was, but they're certainly smarter than me. <laughs> oh, okay, what next, Joy? Um, okay, so are we gonna transition from grades and all that? Now we have our grades so we can be more informed when we're applying to jobs. Right, right. Um, and I know in talking to you in the past, you were like, don't be the one to tell yourself no because you obviously won't mm-hmm. get a job that you um, don't apply for. You don't apply for. Mm-hmm. But like, how would you suggest listeners start like refining their job search? So the real baseline of that question is I only have so much time. Right. right? Um, you know, I think it's important for you to talk it's important for every student to seek the advice of people they trust. Um, when I say that, I don't mean your friend in the 2L class. I mean the people who've been doing this for a while and the people without, the people who don't have a reason to mess with you. Um, it, it's not that 2Ls are intentionally do it. It's just, I don't think they help themselves. Um, and, and I love you 2Ls, but it's just, that's let's just face it. It's, there, that is, it's, it may be the last legal hazing. Um, the... <laughs> The, you know, talk to your career development officer, talk to the professors you trust and be careful also about professors because they do have a very specific approach because professors all were those people I was talking about that did really well. And there's nothing wrong with that, but they, they also actually may be in the weeds sometimes about things that aren't those jobs. Um, And that doesn't make them bad people. It just means that they have no frame of reference for it. Um, So the most important thing for you, for anyone to look at, especially for a first summer job search, is that what you do your first summer is not going to define you. It is going to be on your resume. It's not going to make you that person forever and ever and ever. The second part of that is like, no one's expecting you to be sitting second chair in the Kill a Mockingbird trial, okay? <laughs> no one's going to think you're Akis Finch. No one's going to expect your writing to be the level of an amicus brief in a death penalty case. It's just, it's you, you have to think, okay, they know I'm a first-year law student. They know I'm applying for a first summer gig. So those are the two basic takeaways. Where you start paring down is really super subjective. Like, I'm, you know, Joy, you and I've talked, and, right. and I've encouraged you to apply broadly because I think your credentials are such that you can. Um, now, I've also been upfront with you that I think some of the things are going to be reaches, um, and that's fine, but you have to reach. I don't think right. you shouldn't just because, you know, and if, if I, Tony, had come into my office, I would say, yeah, you can just save the time. You you weren't there. <laughs> You're not. And, and I've had that conversation with classmates, right? Because it's, you just, I don't want to lie to somebody. I don't want to give false hope because I think people want to be able to trust me that when I tell them something, they're going to believe me. And no, you know, y'all are smart. You're not going to believe BS when you, when you're fed BS. Right. So um, when it comes to, you know, kind of the other you know, non-big law searches, it's like, it really is almost like the start of 
um, I'm trying to think. Oh, so okay, so imagine the um, if what's the TV show? Nailed it, nailed it. My kids love that show. Yeah. I, I don't know if you ever watched yeah, Nailed it. it. My kids love that show, and it, it it never ceases to amaze me. They they for the first challenge, they put out three cakes they have to make, and they never fight over a cake. And that may it's obviously they have all decided before which one they're doing. But imagine. Imagine there were exactly the same number of cakes. So there were people, but there were thousands of people, right? That's how it is a lot of times with this job search. It's like, it's like go forth and do. Mm-hmm. And so part of the trick is for first summer, and I'm talking specifically about first summer, I always encourage people to look at low-hanging fruit. Always, always, always. And the reason is, is like time is a commodity. You have to worry about school. You have to worry about self-help. You have to worry about the 15 other things, like calling your mom sometimes, um, right? You have to worry about those things. And, I mean, you literally could spend between now and spring break only doing job applications because there's all that out there. That is a possibility. And it's just not productive in the way it needs to be. Um, You know, that's why a, a lot of schools, ours included, we, we try to put you in spaces with alums. We try to I mean, we participate in consortia that allow you to have first bites or big bites at uh, um, employers that maybe not come on campus, but because of the power of multiple law schools, they will meet in one place and allow us to interview with them. Um, you know, but if you're not going to, if you're interested in something beyond those, it does require some, some hustle. And look, there's a very important business reason why law firms that in those places don't come on campus and why it is paramount for you to do that hustle is that someone else is hustling. They're going to get it because you know what law firms want to see? They'll see hustle. So it, you know, I've heard over the time of doing this job, it's like, oh, well, you just told me to go do networking or you just told me to send my resume around. Yeah, because that's what the market demands. And if you're unwilling to do that, what you're really saying to an employer is like, I'm unwilling to do the hard thing for myself. And I ain't doing it for you, clearly. Got it. So this might not be a question that you could answer, but like if you could have like a magic number of like jobs that you should apply to, like <laughs> no more than twenty. No more than like or, or maybe maybe a better way to frame it is like what amount of our time should we be devoting to job search? Well, see, I spend a lot of time doing it, but, like, not much time is productive, which is why I think <laughs> okay. that I'm, like... That's kind of a you problem. I know, that's okay. what I'm All saying, right. but it's, like... I mean, it's, it's, you're not the only one with that problem. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, uh, yeah, as you might imagine, I get this question fairly often. <laughs> More than one and less than 20? Um, yeah, I know that's a BS answer. Okay. Look, you, that, you that want to... You have to apply to stuff. Right. Um... And I think there comes a point where there will come a point in for every person is different where it's like, you know what, I need to worry with school and I'll worry with this later. Um, our school, we're lucky we have a number of um, externship and other summer opportunities that give you good experience for the summer. Um, I have, I can think of maybe on one hand where students actively participated in the stuff we, we put in front of them, mm-hmm. and they took some substantive efforts to find themselves a position, and we couldn't find any place for them, right, uh, for the summer. Um, the reality is, is like because of the power of the, the alumni work network in our school, in our state, um, if, if you want something, we can find you something. Right. Um, and for the, for the most part, dear listener, your school's the same, right? It just is. But you have to avail yourselves of those opportunities. You can't 
You can't sit in your apartment. You can't walk to your class. You can't sit in the library and be pissed off with people that they're not, you're, they're not finding you a job. That's not the way the world works. Because if you think of it this way, the messaging you're sending, if you're saying, I'm not willing to go out and send out resumes, the message you're sending to those employers, I was getting to a minute ago, it's like, I'm not really willing to hustle for work for you if I'm not going to hustle for work for me. Right. Um, and the biggest hidden part of the price of law is not all the stuff that you're learning here. It's the business side. Yeah. Right. And, and that's that's a that's a three old podcast for y'all, but <laughs> you have to keep in mind there is absolutely a business case that all of you need to make for for hiring you. And the first step in that business case is being diligent about looking for jobs. Now, to get to your question, I would think that you know between this time of the semester, we're in like in the third week. Um, this time really? of the semester, week? no, second week. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just the second week. week. Oh, okay, right, only the second week. <laughs> uh, we're in the second week, right? This time of the semester, since I know what kind of job you want, Joy, mm-hmm. um, you need to be putting out some some right. resumes regularly, like yeah. a couple a couple every other day. Okay. And, and I realize there's a, a fair amount of work behind that. Um, you know, we could get further along. Where my advice to you, if you haven't lined up anything, is like, okay, you've done this. You need to worry about school. We'll start figuring out next steps, but give yourself some time. Step away from it. Um, Justin, you and I haven't really talked. I yeah, mean, we talked in the fall, to. but we need to. Yeah. But, you know, you're not. You free this week? I assume. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> the fact that we've rescheduled this podcast yeah, three times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, the, you know, but we have, I mean, you need to participate in the job fair we we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, you, I know you're going to. Um, I haven't looked to see if you logged on, but I assume you have. Um, but if you hadn't, it's, it's due to say. Okay, I'll do it. Um, I'll do it uh, but, you, you know, your your job search might look very different than Joy's just because you're looking at a whole different type of employer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that Joy's might actually merge to yours one day, but I don't think it's going to. Um, She's already came down one level. You said you went from, like, big oh, to medium. Oh, I, I didn't. You're that was okay. Yeah, that was for a day. day. I'm still, I'm still okay. in big. We haven't talked about it that much. Good. <laughs> Good. I just gave her a lot of side eye. I'm like, yeah, oh. No. Definitely still in big. No, no. <laughs> but, but, you know. Yeah. Like, the, the other thing, and this is, which is hard, is like the reason you need to go see your career, career officer, no matter where you are in law school, um, and really, frankly, no matter what your grades are, is that while a lot of the advice sounds the same coming out of my mouth, none of you have heard it, right? <laughs> and, it's, and not only that, it is subjective to each person. Right. Like, I mean, you know, you, you Joy, I, I've had similar conversations with several of your classmates. I've had the conversation I assume I'm going to have with you with several of your classmates, Justin. Mm-hmm. And I feel like over the course of the last week and over the course of the next few weeks, I'm going to have those conversations. But it's it's really about baseline learning for y'all. And this is the really first opportunity, the best opportunity for, for us to help kind of get your mind in the right place for engaging in a job search and owning your career in the way you'll need to. They'll set you up for success for second summer, for first job out, for second job out, or whatever that looks like down the road. Okay, Okay, kind of jumping off of that, um, how do you, okay, so we have our grades and we're applying for jobs and you're doing cover letters and stuff. So how do you sell yourself in your cover letter or maybe like your personal statement if you are someone who who's gotten your grades and it was kind of like a reality check and you're kind of questioning everything or like maybe on your cover letter before you were like i have demonstrated i'm really good at legal writing and yeah strong academic achievement (laughs) i'm not saying this from personal experience but i just know that there are people out there that are like because i feel like you can't really 
I mean, you probably could say yeah, that no, you're good. Yeah. But like, good. then yeah, that's relative. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, um, so the first part of your question is relatively easy. Just okay. be authentic. Okay. I mean, you, you, you know, like, I, there are a lot of personal statements that are being written right now, and there are a lot of cover letters being written right now. I'm trying. It's but it's <laughs> right. It's but the hardest thing to t- the hardest thing to write about is authentically about you because you're like, well, this isn't that interesting. This isn't that interesting because it's been your. I mean, that's been your presence for. Right. 22 I'm years. 24. 24 years. I know, right? I'm old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got shoes older than you. Um, so the, the, you know, that is hard. That is a really hard thing to do. But the most important thing is to be authentic. I mean, the reason we go through and work with y'all closely on cover letter writing in your first semester is that we're trying to establish a baseline of a framework, right? In the same way legal writing is, right? You know, here are the things we want to see. For some people, here are the things we want to see. Um, Here's how you incorporate them. Now go incorporate them, right? But what is actually put in there is going to be different for every person. Um, What was the second part of your question? Um, Oh, like the writing part. Oh, so I think I think it's best you. I get this is corollary question. Should I leave my undergrad grades on if I don't have my law school grades on? I did until like five years ago because I was proud of my undergrad grades. Was not about law school grades, but the reason is, is like, it, we talked about this before. Like, if you don't have your grades on your resume, people are going to assume they're not good, and that that might help you. It might not help you. It might not matter. Um, if you put grades that are that are not great on your resume, uh, your law school grades, you're you're making the case for them without them looking any further down the resume. So the people that would not like look at your resume if you had your grades on there are likely there's a Venn diagram where there's a lot of overlap between the people that won't look at your resume if you don't have your grades on there. But there are people outside that the middle part of that Venn diagram that will look down your resume if your grades aren't on there. Um, which is why I advocate if you have really good undergrad grades, you leave them on there because you get to make the counter argument, hey, I, I didn't I didn't become yeah. dumb in August. <laughs> um, so you know, yeah, you, you want to be careful about talking about high academic achievement in legal writing if you got to see in legal yeah, writing. Right. Um, I, my preference would be to pull out, like, examples. Like, you know, it's rare for someone to make all C pluses, right? right. I mean, it's probably a range, you know, Bs to C minuses. Um, or, you know, like the, almost everybody's grades are is really rare. Like in the right. middle of the class, you'll have people that have all Bs. But... You know, usually, even the, it, at both ends, uh, once you get off the dead middle of the curve, um, you do have a spread. So talk about the things you did well. Like, you know, I, you know, I'm extraordinarily interested in litigation. As you can see, I had A minus in torts. Um, there are ways to cast that. And, you know, if you, all your grades were at or below the median, just strike that, strike that sentence and talk about other things you bring to the table. Got it. That was helpful. Yeah, that was helpful. So... Um, Kind of, kind of like next to cover letters is personal statements. So that's what I'm having trouble with a lot right now is I'm trying to write personal statements for these different diversity initiatives. And I'm just having trouble focusing in on like where to go, what to do. I've written like 14 different like first sentences and I just delete it because I'm like, that doesn't sound good. I really wish if I, in a perfect world, I could just use. I just remember one of the things you asked, like, how do you do that when you're like slammed by your grades? I forgot about that. No, go for it. Give yourself time. Okay. It is okay. But we don't have time. Sure you do. Sure you do. Because here's the thing. 
I understand what you're saying. You say I don't have time because you know it does contradict a little bit what I said earlier. It's like now's the time to get on it. But you're not helping yourself if you are still in your head or in your heart or in your mind or like sitting on your couch eating Pringles <laughs> about your grades, <laughs> right? I, I don't. No, I love. Oh Pringles. my god, that, I, that, I nail it! I nailed yeah. it. Okay, so um, so the drinking but, wine out of the can. It's like, <laughs> was not me, y'all. Um, the the. Yeah, give yourself the time. I mean, there comes a point you got to get up off the mat and go, but give yourself time. You, you have to give yourself time. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I no, just no, realized no, that right, you, right. there was an important part of that right. that you asked. That yeah, I wanted to no, cover. I just really just like personal statement. Should they be more per- like? I feel like cover letters are more um, like skill sets mm-hmm. and more professional, like geared towards that. Should personal statements focus more on something else, like? Your life experience or your struggles. Oh my gosh. Well, it, it, like that's what they're looking but for. But it does yeah. depend a little bit on the prompt, right? right. Okay. Well, like, yeah. like if you get a prompt that says, talk about diversity and what it means to you, well, that's harder than, right. you know, how do you bring diversity to the profession or what's your vision for, for diversity in the profession? I mean, some of these necessarily can be voyeuristic. Okay. Um, and it, I know that feels weird to write. Yeah. I mean, you're not, um, oh, who was the author that wrote? I mean, and who's the author that wrote? I'm trying to think. There's an author that wrote a lot of books that were written in first person, but they're also like incredibly voyeuristic. Okay, maybe there's stuff I found someplace we're not going to talk about okay. on the podcast. <laughs> um, but still, I, I, there's an author. I, yeah, I can't yeah, think yeah, who it right. is. But, right, I mean, it it almost feels like you're writing like Justin porn. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it feels yeah, like. Yeah, and, and that's, yeah. that's okay. I'm black. It was hard. Like, yeah. okay. Right, but. <laughs> You probably want to put some stuff around that. <laughs> um, That's it. I'm glad it was hard. Submit. Dot. Um, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. So, I mean, but, you know, it, it yeah. will feel a little bit like, almost like writing Dustin Porn. Okay. Um, and that's that's okay. I mean, you, you, you only get one shot in a personal statement to make the case for why you, one, why you are who you are. Two, why it's important for them to recognize and, and feel that that's important for their... For their program, and three, how that will inform the kind of attorney you'll be. Um, and some of that will necessarily be; it will feel almost voyeuristic, okay. or not voyeuristic. It's not the right word, but um, I, don't, I, don't, I can't think of the right word. I don't know. It's just like, well, yeah, maybe egoistic, like just like focusing so much on like I don't know. But it just feels different. Doing it like in a cover letter where you're like, this is what I've done to the, because, to the table. because cover letter yeah. objective statements mm-hmm. of yeah. fact. Um, yeah. Where you, we, we actually say, look, you want to stay away from general statements, right? Right. Um, you know, you're writing a letter to some random person in a, a, a personal statement is a letter to a random person or group of people who have no idea who you are. Yeah, and right. you're bearing stuff that you, frankly, I have to assume, I, I haven't lived your experience, but I have to assume that there are times when you've tried to like, well, just kind of like I don't. It's not that I don't want to be this. Is I want to just try to not to emphasize it yeah, right. because it's not good for me to do that. Right. Um, and I, I, that, I'm sorry. That, I apologize. If that sounds weird for me to say that, but oh, but I have to assume that's what it feels like because that's that is what it, that's the that's the feeling I get from students almost consistently. It's like I spend a lot of time not yeah. being right. not being yeah. this for self protection. Yeah. How do I how do I talk about this? Right. In that like, way? How do I how do I centralize the aspect of my identity that I tend to give the back? Walk back to? from, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's I mean, hard. I just, I, yeah. I, 
obviously, if you, if you, if dear listener, if you forget who I am, I'm not the right person to ask. <laughs> I'm exactly the wrong person to ask, probably. But um, I think there is an element of that of that I get to say you need to be comfortable doing that. That's probably not authentic because I can't. I haven't lived that experience. Right. It's just so hard because at the same time, it's like you have to be pretty vulnerable to be able to say anything like that, and it just feels like. I don't want to, I don't want to, like, knock off, like, any diversity, like, initiatives, but it does feel, like, a little bit, like, exploitive, like, tell me why you're diverse, instead of, like, because, I don't know, and I, I was, like, thinking of, like, writing the personal statement in a way that, like, I'm diverse in, like, a breadth of ways, not all of which are, like, me checking what race I am. Yeah. Yeah, no, I feel that a lot, too, just the idea that that I should have to pour my diversity into, like, 500 words <laughs> for someone to read and consider. I don't know. I just don't... I think that is where my issue comes from a lot. And so if I can just, like, table that, have that conversation with somebody that I care about, like, Joy, okay. and just be like, this sucks, but let's do it anyway. Right. So I think I think it'll be fine once I, like, have that moment. Just be right. like, okay, this is kind of dumb, but let's do it anyway. Right. It just feels like the struggle Olympics and whoever gets the gold gets the job. And it's just, I mean, I'm going to play the game because I need a job, but (laughs) I still feel like I'm being exploited and that kind of sucks. So on that note, we're going to take a break. (laughs) Please don't. Um, And we'll be right back. And we're back. Hi. Hi. Wait, have you ever seen that movie? We're back. No. It was, like, in the 90s, I think. It was an animated with, like, dinosaurs come back to life. And they're, like, going around New York, I think. My brother used to love it. Anyway, okay. sorry. But that's um, us. We're back. We're back. Tony's gone. Also, you were talking about that. And I was, like, the land before time. Oh, no. But obviously okay, not. It. It's different. It's different. Um, look it okay. up. It's called We're Back. Okay. Um but so, yeah, so we really appreciate Tony having um, been here. Tony's such a gem. Um, but how long has it been since we had just a J&J? Literally a week. Our last oh, episode shit. was just us. I forgot. Wait, where did we record it? Oh, at at my your house. house, yeah. Oh, Lord, help me. Okay. Um, <laughs> so obviously we're, str- we're thriving. You can edit that out if you want. I'm, no, I'm not going to. It's, okay, it's who I am as a person. So, um... Wait, did we already talk about what classes we're taking then? Um, I think we might have, but we weren't like, we didn't have any impression. It was like before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Okay, okay. so right now we're going to talk about what classes we're in, um, how we're feeling about them, mm-hmm. um, thoughts on our new professors. Ah! I have a new professor I'm in love with. Um, <laughs> so excited. <laughs> to replace the professor she was in love with last semester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But so, Joy, what classes are we taking this semester okay. together? We- Together, we are taking property, um, con law, constitutional, constitutional law, yes. con law, law for those that are criminal law, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we're both in legal writing. Yes. Yeah. So. And then we both have an elective. I'm taking immigration law, mm-hmm. and you're taking criminal procedure two. So I don't know if the numbers are off at different schools, but this one's the bail to jail one. Cool. So. Yeah. Um. So. Let's do, so what's your favorite class? Okay. And which one are you going to learn to love? Okay. We're trying to be more positive in the new year. We are, we are. New year, new us. <laughs> um, okay, so my favorite class is definitely, okay, so my favorite class is con law, right? And I think that that 
that is like just where I thrive. Like I was mm-hmm. a poli sci major. I took a lot of like constitutional law classes. Um, all we've been doing for the last two weeks is reading the Federalist Papers, and I had read the Federalist Papers. So how nice! I seemed wow. smart for the first two weeks. Um, who knows how this will go? Um, but I really like it. I really like the material. Um, not as much the reading. Like Correct. I like what we're learning mm-hmm. in class. I don't like reading it. Um, but if I had to choose, like based on the reading, I would choose Crim by far. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think Krim, the reading are so interesting. Like, right. I mean, our it's first, the new our first, it's the new tours. Yeah. Our, except it's like murder. Well, um, like, it's juicy. It's fun. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, what's happening? Oh, what? Oh, wow. Super I mean, review. the, okay, the cases themselves. Okay, well, we haven't even read a case yet in con law, which is <laughs> kind of funny. Um, <laughs> because when you think about it, you think of, ah, landmark Cute. Supreme Court cases. Yeah. No. And we haven't read one yet. Um, we're I do there. like that, like, in class, sorry, no, yeah. in class today, he, like, defended his position. <laughs> he was like, I know that you guys are annoyed that we haven't read a case yet, but this is stuff is important. <laughs> and we're like, all just okay, like, okay, Professor okay. Conlaw. Like, I got it, whatever. Um, but so, yeah. the, okay, so the subject matter, per se, isn't as interesting in criminal, like, Right. So yeah. we, we talked about like statutory interpretation. Right. That isn't the most sexy topic or the sexiest, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, but the cases have been interesting yeah. for the most part. I'm like. Serving ooh, tea. Yeah. It's like, ooh, y'all don't like the homeless? Right. <laughs> see generally one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. <laughs> like, shame. okay. I see you, Kagan. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So I I would agree. Conwell is my favorite um, material wise. Crim is my favorite, uh, reading-wise. Okay. And then Property is the one I'm going to have to learn to love. Property, I am really learning to love that class. Um, As in you're is, on the journey, or you, like, know you're going to have to? Um, I, think I, I think I've begun the journey. Okay. I think that, like, if you engage with the material after class, like, I don't read it again, but, like, mm-hmm. you talk to people about yeah. it. And I do think that that's a benefit of being in the library. Like, Chris and I had a three-hour discussion about um, what we were supposed to get out of class on Monday. Um, and I think that engaging with it outside of class makes yeah. it less theoretical and lofty right. and, like, in the ether. Yeah, I mean, more... I feel like it could have been the new torts. Yeah. But our professor is so different than our torts professor. Right. He, like, just approaches the material so differently. So we're like up here in the very like philosophical level right of like why eat, why have property like we're asking very <laughs> fundamental questions which i think is good for our understanding of the subject matter but at the same time we had that class at 9 a.m right <laughs> so well, we had torts at 9 a.m we did but professor torts would just walk in and like <laughs> start talking and then yeah. nod his head when he was done yeah I don't he would know. start every class by saying okay the reading for next <laughs> He made my day every day, except for Fridays, because we didn't have more Fridays. But like every day he would wear a new tan suit and I'd be like, Well, <laughs> look at you, Professor Torts. I saw him walking down the street the other day and I immediately messaged our class group and I was like, Y'all I saw Professor Torts. I literally saw him yesterday in the hallway and I said, Hi Professor Torts and he like his head was like looking up and he immediately looked to the ground and like started walking faster and I was just like, Okay, I'm just saying hi. Um, but it's okay. I love him. I can't what else does he teach? Does um, he teach anything fun? I think he does he teach upper level torts? 
class action or math uh, lit, one of those. I think Professor Sifra teaches... Math? Mm. She teaches complex litigation. Okay, correct, correct, correct. Um, I don't know. Okay, um, we need to look into that because I would love to see what an upper level class with him okay. is like. Um, so... Um, so you, you guys, oh. um, oh. I would just like to say that last semester I was in love with Professor Contracts. Um, <laughs> I don't know how many times I have to say it. Um, I probably will never be able to show my face in this school again. Um, I do have a new love. <laughs> um, I don't know if I'm ready to share him on air, but just know that there is a professor that I think that I might love more than I ever loved Professor Contracts. Wow. Um, we were vibing. We've only been in that, cl- in that class a couple times. I know, but I talked to him after class every time, except for really? today, because I sprinted out of class. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, obviously, we're thriving. Yeah. Um, but, Joy, you had something good happen okay. last so, this semester? I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit of a brat, and I got my grades back, and my grades weren't terrible. They weren't even bad by any means. I was being very dramatic, and I had a temper tantrum where I literally just went home and sobbed for four hours straight. And then I, um, Frederick bought me Chipotle. And <laughs> I watched The Bachelor and I took a fat nap. <laughs> oh my God. Like that was. Literally, that's a toddler's afternoon. <laughs> literally, literally. That was my life last week. Last week was literally just me being like, my life sucks and I hate everything and I don't even want to be here and I'm going to drop out, which is so stupid because I, I did like. Great. Oh, by um, the way, y'all, we got our grades the day after we filmed, we recorded our last yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. So, like, we were complaining about, give us our grades, and then they came the next day, we were like, oh, shit. You're like, like take them back, take them <laughs> back. <laughs> so, after that, I was like, I was just, I was a little bit of a grumpy, guess. Um, and I was a little bit grumpy to my legal writing professor, Professor Legal Writing. Um, she's a listener. Shout out to Professor Legal Writing. Um, Wait, she's also going to be on the show, right? Yeah, she's also going to be on the show later, so you guys are going to get to meet her. Not she's today, super but great. we'll get there. She's a really funny sense of humor that oh, I really okay. enjoy. Um, but, like, she called me into her office, and she just, like, wanted to let me know that she could, like, that I could talk to her. And, like, I don't know. It was the most genuine moment that yeah. I have had with a professor since I've been here. Um, and it was so great. And I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I like, I'm close with Tony, obviously, because I'm in his office 4 million <laughs> times a week. Um, just being like, hey, Tony, yeah. um, fix my life, you know? But like, that's just a different relationship, yeah. though. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Yeah. It was, I need to get better about like reaching out to my professors. Right. I think I do too. And I think that I just need to be less awkward with them. Yeah. Especially, I, I think I was super awkward with professor contracts last semester. Like, I adopted, like, a different personality. Yeah. But, like, you know when you're, like, in love with someone and you're, like, oh, my God, I don't yeah. even know. I just, it's like, like you're a I, I know. I clammed up. I was, like, oh, my gosh, you're just so amazing in every sense of the word. Um, so, yeah. So, I was – so, that was that. Um, I just feel – Okay, so we've had listeners figure out where we go to school. Yeah. Um, and if you do figure it out, or, like, if you're in the process of applying, I would really, really, really recommend you look into law school because I am an out-of-stater, um, mm-hmm. and I was really worried about, like, coming here and feeling isolated and, like, that I would just be in a completely different environment and I would feel super alone and feel like I didn't have anyone to talk to, and that just hasn't been the case. So it's yeah. So nice to That's have, awesome. like, be surrounded by such a sweet, genuine community of, like, people that want to lift you up. Yeah. You know? So if you're curious about, if you think you figured it out and you want to know, 
message us, email us, and we can tell you like some super specifics about our law school. Like, right. If you're thinking about it, like, let us talk to you about it. We'd love to see you. Oh my God, we'll be two L's. We'll be two L's. I keep forgetting that time exists. If you like, if you've already gotten into law school, please um, tell us about it. Like literally, and you're gonna go to an admin students day. Literally, send it on the Gmail, and I will be there because I have to be there. Um, Yeah, Joy's in the organization at our law school that looks like student ambassadors. So like. And I can make myself appear there if I need to. Yeah, so I'll be there. We can have a little meet. meet Love to meet. Okay, please don't apply to the law school, like, just to meet us. Okay. Um, I don't think that, like, anyone would do that, but, like, just don't. Right. (laughs) Apps are expensive, you guys. Yeah. Good luck with that if you're applying. Um, Do I have a good stuff that happened? I don't know. Do you? Um... I just really love... Okay, I'm really excited about my immigration class. So, the fact that they've let us choose an elective this semester is really great. So, our law school recently revamped our 1L curriculum. So, we got to get a taste of more things uh, in a quicker period of time, which Mm -hmm. includes letting us have an elective. So, like, we're just, like, broadening our horizons, getting, like, a taste for a lot of different stuff. Um, so this is just the first time that I've gotten to read like material every day for class that I'm like genuinely interested in. That's like so nice. last semester torch was like, okay, cool. But like, that's not what I want to do. Like, right. you know, contracts like, oh, that's kind of interesting. But like, do I want my life to be contracts? Civil procedure. Do. do you not want to do civil things? I mean, I do, but <laughs> was it interesting reading about? Absolutely not. Like. Like, for me, civil procedure would be a means to an end. Right. Immigration might be that end. So, like, it's something yeah. that I, like, genuinely am interested in. Like, I find myself going, like, huh, when I'm reading, you know? Yeah. And so, I mean, those are things that haven't happened to me since I was, like, in high 12. school. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, 12 also. But, like, when I was, like, young and yeah. would discover something new and it was, like, actually exciting. Right. So, you know. I think I really like the structure of Crim Pro. Like, oh, yeah? I've liked the cases before, but... So, like, what we're doing is, like, we talk about a topic, and then, like, the next day we get hypos, and then okay. he was like, okay, like, you guys are going to be the prosecution, and you guys are going to be oh, the defense, and you guys are judges, and you're going to have, like, a bail hearing. And I'm like, oh. That's awesome. I feel like that would have been... Like, that's just so helpful. Like, that's a way to, like... Like, obviously, you have the material and you understand it mm-hmm. on, like, a, f- like, on that level, yeah. but you don't really understand it like on, like, a theory a, level. Yeah. But, like, like an a- applying it. Like, literally, our first day of immigration, we had this reading, and our professor split us up, and he gave us, like, a hypothetical statute. Mm-hmm. He was like, okay, this side, you're uh, um, representing the city. This side, you're representing Mr. Sanchez. The people in the back are the judges. So, we had to, like, using that statute create a definite like come up with a definition that like helped either side. Right. Just super interesting. Like every day we're doing just like hypos that are directly related. I don't know. I just feel yeah. like No, I get what you're saying. Like the material's f- interesting and fun to me. And yeah. I got to pick it, you know? Yeah. No, I like it. That's what the rest of law school is. So, so it's lit. Um, <laughs> okay. So um, do you want to do? Do you want to preview the new season? No, let's do hot takes. Okay, Ipsa Dixit. It's back. We're bringing it back. I know that we forgot about it, but we're doing it now. So suck it. Here we um, are. Um, so I'm gonna start. I have one. 
Um, I actually have this one every, like very frequently, and I just haven't had the chance to talk about it. So my hot take, Ipsa Dixit, is um, we should stop celebrity death culture. It's dumb. Particularly for, like, political figures. Like, a tweet isn't enough to adequately eulogize someone. Right. So, like, I know for, like, myself, I don't want my life to be able to be summed up in a tweet. (laughs) Yeah. So, I don't know why we think that it's appropriate to, like, put someone's legacy, their entire everything that they were in a tweet. Because people are complicated. Particularly politicians. They're very complicated. So, like, they may do things that are wonderful. They may, like, serve the country, like, in the military. And obviously they serve the country as the president or, like, a senator or, you know, a representative. But at the same time, almost every one of them has something that's, like, big and dark. Right. And, like, just when someone dies and just holding them on a pedestal and completely, like, negating all the impact they had, good or bad. So, like... Who was that? Who was that artist that died that like everybody did that with? And everyone like half of Twitter was like, "Oh my gosh, she's dead! So sad, so sad." The other half was like, "He was a shitty person." Yeah, like, what are um, you talking about? It was like um, XX. Oh, Xtint, Xtintacion. I don't know how to pronounce that. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Like stuff like that. Like. Just, Shocker. Like, this is probably going to make me very hated, but just because someone's dead does not mean they're, uh, like, a good person. Like... Joy. Please say that again. Like, I, it just kills me. So, this really came up recently when uh, President George uh, Bush, the first one, died. There was a lot going on on social media right. about, like, you know, how great he was and right. serving the country and all that. And personally, I just feel like... I just feel like whenever you do try to speak up and say things about like, well, actually, if you look at his record, this, this, and this, and not just for the president, yeah. just literally anyone. If you look at their record, they did this and this and this bad thing. People always try to say, well, we don't have to talk about that today. Like, give it a second. He, he right. just died. But the point is, people don't pay attention to it unless right. it's happening right now. Yeah. So like... The next week, I was like, okay, cool. So we're going to talk about it next week. And the next week, no one was talking about it anymore and no one wanted to hear it. Right. So, like, when is the time to talk about the legacy of people, like, good or bad? Well, and I think think that, like, what's really hard for people to come to terms with with things like that are, like, if you have gotten to, like, a certain level, like, if you became president, if you're, like, a well-known artist, if you yeah. are, like, in the media at all, it's literally off the backs of, like, others that maybe you've used or, disenfran- or are disenfranchised or, like, a, like a host of things yeah. got you to where that you were. And I just hate when people are like, oh, yeah, it was all because of me and my hard work. And I think that you kind of just have to. And I, I get what people are saying when they're like, oh, don't speak ill of the dead. Um, and that there are like two sides to every story. Yeah. But at the same time, you have to remember that there are people that were disenfranchised or actually hurt by this person. That it's it's just almost like cheap yeah. to reduce this person to like one single Absolutely. Identity. Well, the idea that there's two sides to every story is fine for like your uncle that was an alcoholic. <laughs> That's fine. But if you have the power of like a senator or like a president, right. you don't I don't think you have you the right like an art like, no, like, like a someone that has like a high platform yeah. to influence people. Like I don't think he, <laughs> 
boiling that person down into something so much smaller than they are. One, it's not good. Like, right. it doesn't do them justice. But two, it also doesn't hold them accountable for, like, the person they were and the life they led. And that that's what I want out of my life yeah. is to be held accountable. That would literally be if, like, Hillary Clinton died and everyone was like, she wore a great pantsuit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's all you, you know, could say. Like, be like, she was a pioneer in the pantsuit. She had a great pantsuit. Like, there was... There's so much more. So much. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So that's just my thing. Okay. I think that we should have more serious conversations about political figures when they die and before they die while they're alive. Um, and social media death culture doesn't do a good enough job about it. Okay. Okay. Um, so I'm, it's very possible that I've ranted about this before on the podcast. But it's our show, so. Because I've ranted about this <laughs> so many times in my life. But, like, I don't know what it is about me that, like, people think that I'm Google or, like... I don't even know, but... It's because you callied every class. Do not ask me readily available questions. It Like, I would mm-hmm. like to just say that it probably takes the same amount of time to go and find that email that we got at the same time. You can search like, email. Go, Keywords. like, Google mm-hmm. whatever. It literally takes the same amount of effort to Google your question or, like, look in your email as it does to text me and ask me the question. Like, I'm but not your not secretary. A, it's not a personal response. Oh, that's a bummer. I don't I don't know what to tell you. Like I'm not your secretary. And I feel like I've been really feeling like a secretary lately. I think mm. that like people are just like acting like I'm here to like serve them or like do what I, I'm not. Is it I'm because really I not. have you email people from the podcast? Um no, it's just it's like a it's a number of things. Yeah. Like my mom asks me to do things like like my mom is literally a grown woman who can't check her email and I cannot <laughs> I cannot explain how much that, like, grates my nerves. That she's like, hey, can you check my email and see if, like, this? And I'm like, um, no. Well, I can't. Like, I've taught you how to check your email. Like, you have your email on your phone. Like, this isn't a conversation I should be having. But, like, it is. You know what I'm saying? That's that so funny. That bothers me. And then, like, I don't know. Frederick's so sweet, but he does the same thing. And, like, I just, I feel like I get a lot of questions. Someone was like, you just have mom energy. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not a mom. You do kind of have mom energy. (laughs) But I think that, like, (laughs) we need to, like, ugh. I'm going to say something that's going to be annoying. Like, I find annoying. We need to, like, think about why we treat our moms that way. Right. (laughs) Like, our moms, like, okay, maybe when you're three years old, you can ask your mom any question you want to. But, like, we got to grow up a little bit. Right. Literally. (laughs) I hate, I think... I honestly think this all starts when people are like, there's no such thing as a stupid question. Like, uh, Incorrect. Okay. I've been saying that since I was in third grade. Right. There are stupid questions. And you know what? Maybe it's not even that your question is stupid. Maybe it's the fact that you asked that question right. like, that is stupid. Like, if you can find that information on your own, if you can go out and get that information the same way that I'm going to have to, if mm-hmm. you text me this question and I don't know it off the top of my head... Like, why can't you do that? Because we're both doing the same thing. Like, if you have the resources to get that question answered readily and you ask it to someone, it's a stupid question. It is. I think that's a good definition. Um, Also, if you raise your hand in class to ask that question, it's a stupid question. If you raise your hand to ask a question that derails the subject, it's a stupid question. Um, If you raise your hand when the professor is asking a particular question and you say, oh, I actually have a question... (laughs) You shouldn't do that. It's a stupid question. Um, These are all... I wouldn't say those are stupid questions. Maybe those are office hour questions. Yeah, yeah. The timing is off. You know? The timing is off. 
Um, it's an after-class question, like... If you have an observation... Yeah, it's a, oh, question. don't raise your hand for an observation, unless wanna, your professor specifically says, any observations here? You if see you anything? Wanna, if you want to push back on what the professor says, I really need you to have, like, some blue book citations that, like, back up what you're talking about. Like, if this is a gut feeling, I really need mm-hmm. you to just sit and really grapple with the idea that... And you know what? I'm going to... Maybe I'm going to go off the rails really quick. Yeah, go for and it. And maybe we'll bleep it. Maybe we'll cut this out. Okay. But I think that it tends to be, like, white men that do this, that think that, I'm like, everyone just needs to hear their opinion. Like, your opinion is, like, God's gift to mankind. And the entire class of 70 people really needs to hear. We don't. We don't. We don't. I we don't, don't care. You don't, don't walk on water and you're not grading my exam. Like, <laughs> let's keep it moving. Very rarely do I hear, I don't know if this is just me, do I hear something, like, a point brought up in class by a classmate that I'm like, oh I my think God. there have been three. Yeah, like, I'm like, why are we talking about that? Like, yeah, that seems, maybe it's just because we're brilliant. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> no, I absolutely agree with you. Like, my friend and why, Brittany, mm-hmm. has told me that she notices the people that like raise their hands, the people that speak up, the people that like talk over their female professors. Mm-hmm. Very much that demographic. Right. Okay, and so that's not saying that, like, we're white man-haters or anything um, like that. I think that you're fine. Um, yeah, yeah. Fine maybe wasn't, like, a convincing <laughs> word. But, like, I I just would really urge you to think, like, do people really need to hear what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, is this going to, is this going to positively affect the conversation we're having in class? Right. Okay, because I was actually having a conversation very similar, like to this conversation with Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what I think it is? I think that, like, if you're not a minority or, like, in some way, like, viewed as lesser, Mm -hmm. air quotes, in Mm -hmm. society, like, you've never had to do the thing where you're, like, constantly checking on, like, how your behavior is reflective of, like, your... Like group. whatever group yeah. that you're a part of, no, you know absolutely. what I'm saying. I feel so like, that 100%. if that's not like a constant like worry in the back of your mind, yeah, I would probably be like, oh, here are all of yeah, my thoughts. Oh. Or like, let me just talk. But Contracts, I'm constantly all like, shit. oh, people are gonna be like, oh my gosh, like yeah. we're doing this again. She's so argumentative. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so you're like constantly having to like evaluate. Yeah, or like combat like these implicit biases that like people have Mm -hmm. or like that you maybe like that's not a real thing and you just think that people have them you know what i'm saying but at the same time you're just constantly like aware of that and i think that like other people just aren't no absolutely i mean we are just living different lives um something my good friend her mom says to her is everyone doesn't have the same heart as you yeah and that just kind of I kind of fits here like everyone just doesn't have the same experience yeah so like thing like ways that we have to handle ourselves socially are incredibly different than other people um in like just social situations but also like in the classroom maybe that's what I'll write my personal statement about honestly this has been really great for like turning some years right because I've been trying to write one all day and I have not been able to okay so I think are we going to preview the new season yeah I'd love to do that um, or do you want to do fan stuff first? Let's do, let's preview that new okay. season first. Okay. So, um, this semester, Joy and I have actually, we actually sat down and talked over Christmas break. It was lovely. And we okay. said, okay, let's plan out some stuff. Um, cause There's some good stuff. We've got some good out. stuff. Because last semester, our first season, air quotes, we're calling them seasons. Every semester right. is a different season. Um, 
we kind of just every week we were like, hey, who do you want to talk to this week? Right. <laughs> and we would go talk to them and they'd be like, yeah, let's do it right now. And then we'd have a podcast right then. Um, so this this semester we're trying to plan some stuff out. We've got a lot of people interested in coming on, um, talk about different things. Um, y'all have given us some really good feedback about the kinds of things you want to hear. So, um, Joy, do you want to talk about some of the guests we have? Yes. Okay. So we have Professor Legal Writing. I'm so Ooh. excited. So, so, so excited. Well, I'm excited to meet her because it's not my professor. It's your professor. Right. She's so great. Um, and then we're talking. You guys get to meet the oh-so-elusive professor contract. <laughs> and I'm really hoping he doesn't, like, regularly listen to our podcast. Yeah. Well, Joy is. I don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> we're talking to Professor Sivpro. Yeah. Um, she has a book coming out. I know. Or we're so already, excited. No, it's coming out. Coming no, it's coming out, out mm-hmm. in April. Um, so we get to talk to Professor Sivpro. Yeah. Um, about litigation, her yeah. experience. What are you talking about professor contracts? Just his... Pract- what are we talking about? We're talking about? about, okay, he did big law, he did clerkship, yes, we're talking yeah, yeah. All the stuff. about all of that good stuff, um, and what that looks like, and how to live our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and then What did Professor Legal, I'm sorry, Legal Writing do? Um, professor Legal Writing was a prosecutor. Cool, so yeah. I'm just, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So, we're, um, so we're talking to her about that, so we have a lot of really awesome, really accomplished People coming professionals. on. Professionals. I know. I think we're also talking to some two and three elves. Yes, about their experiences um, yeah. in their summer jobs, um, externships, I think, right. working in clinics. Yeah, so we have a lot of good content coming to you guys, and we're super excited. Yes, we're absolutely super excited. We have everything will be as content-rich as possible. Um, but it probably won't be because you know we like to joke around. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think we got pretty good at interviewing, like talking to Tony. He also did a lot of work. Yeah. Um. <laughs> he did, he did. Well, those are the best people that interview are the ones that do, like, the heavy lifting yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, okay. I would just like to shout out all 21 people that took time to rate us <sighs> on Apple Podcasts because all of you gave us five stars. Yeah. Love that. Love you. You're so great. If you haven't yet, please do. We really appreciate it. Um, rate, review, subscribe. It can all literally be stuff. five stars. I love the show! Exclamation point. That's all. That's all you have to do. Yeah. So we got someone named MGO, and she said, "Great podcast. This is a great show for prospective JD students who don't know anyone who's been through the process. You will learn about the real life of a law student and whether it fits what you expect." And I think that that's. A fairly accurate description yeah. of what this podcast is. And what we aim to do. Yeah, because honestly, neither of us had that, you yeah. know? And I just want to help other people, you know, be deterred if that's what they need to do. <laughs> Listen. This is for the birds. I if you listen. do not like, like, if you, if this sounds miserable to you and, like, you don't really have, like, any burning desire to be a lawyer and, like, what happened was, like, you're a junior or a senior and you realize like, that uh, you're not good at science yeah. and, like, the next best thing was law school. It's not. Mm-mm. It's not. Mm-mm. Literally, you please, have a, You're getting a degree. Yeah. Yeah, just dig deep and find something that you really love. Um, and if it's not the law, then don't do it. Don't take the LSAT. Don't. Don't. Don't waste your money. Don't do it. Don't do it. And I, I just want to deter little babies before they get here and then they realize like what law school is like. Because we had a lot of people drop out. We did. <laughs> we did. And that's like time that you could be making money and having a job. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't want to say this to be cynical. Right, but I mean, we just had like, like someone in our class switched uh because he he realized he wanted to do a different degree program right so like 
I don't want you to be halfway through your first semester of law school and realize, shit, this, this isn't is what I wanted. Yeah, this yeah. isn't it. Yeah, literally, I want to say, like, at least, at minimum, 10 people yeah, from easy. our year dropped easy. out. So, just maybe skip the whole going through orientation yeah, and so- doing the first few weeks of class. And just, you don't have to drop out if you never enroll. Yeah. So. <laughs> Listen. Gee. Because um, they won't give you your financial aid money until after tuition has been paid for to keep you here. Yeah. Just really though. <laughs> and you have to give the financial aid money back. Yeah. So. <laughs> We've yeah. looked into it. <laughs> <laughs> just, no. That's yeah. why it's not worth it. <laughs> okay. And then Mimi K87 said that we're amazing and relatable. Aww. She's not wrong. <laughs> and she said, wow. So this morning I woke up from a stress dream too long didn't read i have no friends come january because my grades were so low i was essentially an outcast that's what Um, tldr stands for yeah okay cool um and i was just hoping that mimi k that one you still listen to the show and two you still have friends um but she also said listening to y'all talk to tony and talk about your own stress was such a great way to check myself this is a great podcast so i just want to thank you guys for taking time to review and maybe if you review um, I'll read yours on the air with my super announcery voice. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, as always, reach out, reach out to us on social media. Follow us, you guys. <sighs> you guys, we got fan email last week, and I think that you guys think that we're being dramatic because I'm a fairly dramatic person. <laughs> but like, it makes our life. No, our and whole day. I kid you not. Someone emailed me at like. 135 in the morning and i had emailed back at 138 <laughs> like we are on top of this yeah like i i am all about the fans you guys are great yeah so please keep reaching out to us um follow us on social media yeah i, I want to be your friend we want to do better on social media but it's hard to when we don't have people like looking at it you know yeah also i'm just really bad at it yeah i'm really bad at social media in general follow us on social media if you yeah. figure out who we are yeah yeah I'm, 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 if I'm you like, first if you find me on Twitter, like DM me, yeah, and be like, "I found you," and I will send you something. Yes, because that is Fort Knox. Yeah. No, <laughs> seriously. If you find me, um, Joy is not far away. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for that. Yeah. I actually think I have that. I'm a host of Bad Breaches you in my do. bio. You do. Way to go. Way to go. Okay. Yeah. Well. So I'm making it easy for. Her. I'm not hiding the ball on that one. Um, anything else, Joy? I don't think so. I do know, I will say, I will advocate for Justin's Twitter. He tweets some (laughs) very funny things. Thank you. Wait, wait, wait. We actually, wait. Oh, fill out the survey. Okay. Yeah. Um, We got actually like some really good feedback on it. We did. Um, Apparently y'all like guests. (laughs) Okay. That's fine. Some um, (laughs) possible, um, some possible future topics. Oh my gosh, why does Excel hate me? Okay, um, job search, frenemies and friendship in the race of rival in the face of rivalry, which I think is super interesting. Extracurricular activities in law school. We actually have that keyed up, keyed up. No, what is it? Teed up. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know. We have it coming down the line. We have some people, <laughs> um, some two L's and three L's that did like moot court and mock trial and advocacy competitions and stuff like that. Um, we're going to talk about uh, dating in law school, mm-hmm. um, best and worst advice we were given. Oh, that's cool. That's a good idea. We'll do that one one day. Um, so just things of that nature, um, commonly hard topics. <laughs> okay, wait. Let's do that one real quick. <laughs> what do you think was the hardest topic in contracts and CIFRO? Um, I don't know. Looking back on it, I've, it's all fallen out of my head, which yeah. I'm sure they're going to love. 
Um, like, okay, at the time, I thought Battle of the Forms Same. was super hard. Same. And then I went and back to teach myself. It literally and I wasn't said, that bad. And I was like, what? People, <laughs> people joke about how hard it is. You know what's hard? The mailbox rule. Not because it's, like, hard to learn. Because <laughs> it just logically does not make sense. Yeah, I don't understand why we treat... I mean, I'm sure Professor Contracts told us why we treat merchants differently. Yeah. But, like, why yeah. would you do that? I don't know. <laughs> and there. it works. Like, you could literally just be like, I'm going to add in a term. Right. And it's there. Fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Civ Pro, um, I'm just going to say, uh, I think pleading sucked. Like, 12 ball and Igly. 12 ball and Igly. 12 ball and Igly. Wait, what is it now? It's Iqbal and Twombly. Yeah. That was super annoying. Um, I hated Joinder. I didn't think Joinder was bad. It was like, you look at the freaking rules. I didn't think it was bad in class, but Anything I always got confusing. Anything where you could just, like, consult the rule and it would make sense was fine. Iqbal and Twombly, I was like, I don't really know what any of that means. Um, and they're all, like, very mushy, like, concepts. Yeah, they <laughs> like, are. They are. I mean, I just wrote a bunch of yeah. mumbo-jumbo on my exam about that. Basically. But I think the worst, actually... It, I want to say jurisdiction overall, but supplementary jurisdiction because of the whole like needing and in uh, like a uh, an independent basis. I don't know, just like oh, when you get to the diagrams yeah. and like. Okay, can we talk about the fact that I got so confused by the fact that like you need to have complete diversity, but you could also at, like you could get supplemental jurisdiction over a claim where like they weren't completely diverse. Yes. Like that didn't make sense. Yeah. Another thing that didn't make sense to me was the fact when we did claim and issue preclusion that a court that didn't originally have subject matter jurisdiction over a claim could dismiss it and then it could never be litigated ever yeah. again. Even though they like never had like originally, jurisdiction over originally it. they shouldn't have been able to hear the case. Yeah. But since they did and no one said anything about it, they did. Like sometimes that seems a little fucked up to me. Sometimes I really think I just want to go into appellate work and change all of the things that I think <laughs> are so dumb. Yeah. Like we learned the trespass thing, um, Ugh, not Hindman. Desnick. I think oh, that yeah. is the dumbest Do you really? thing in the whole entire world. I think... I really thought... I didn't feel it was that bad. Um, I, don't, I, I don't think it's like... I don't think it's hard to learn. I think it's dumb. No, 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 like, no. It doesn't I, make sense. So, I don't think the rationale... I mean, this is a little bit beyond the scope of our podcast, but right. let's, <laughs> let's do it. Um, I think that when I was reading the facts, I was like, oh, they have a solid case. Like, yeah. like they're right. Like, yeah. they shouldn't have been able to do that. And then I was reading the um, the opinion, and I was like, mm, I don't know if I feel like this meshes with the law. But then he gets to the the whoever's writing. The, I don't forget who writes the opinion. Posner. Posner. He gets to the part where he's talking about um, consent and the entry, not the person. Is that what you're talking about? I think so. Okay. He told, yeah, consent, but particularly with prostitutes. Okay. <laughs> There's something in there, and I read that, and I, like, clicked for me. And I was like, oh, wait. No, it doesn't make sense, and here's why. Okay. Because, one, we think that... Wait, do you want to explain the issue real quick? Okay, so the issue is that... Um, or the facts, or what I mean. They, so, there was this eye doctor place, and they had people come in and get consultant consultations for, like, eye surgery, for cataract surgery. Yes. And they were, like, targeting people with Medicaid, so they would get people with Medicaid to get the surgery, even if they didn't need it because they knew that they would get money. Um, and so the whole claim was that the people who came undercover 
um, yeah, so it was through like ABC. Yeah, so the like patients were yeah the patients yeah. were going in there as agents of a news network, right? Um, and saying like, oh, we're going, and so then they tried to sue the people that were going undercover and say that they were trespassing, and I think that they were. Because I think that that is different than, like, they give an example of, like, a restaurant critic and how you need mm-hmm. to know that that... And I think that that is different. If you are there with... I think that implied consent works as, like, a scope. Okay. Where, like, you're consenting to, like, a certain scope of activities. So, like, the way that I thought about it with Chris was, like, if you... If it was, like, a doc... If you were hanging out in the doctor's office... Okay. And you had no business there, you're trespassing. Okay, yes. Because there's no consent for you to just come hang out in the doctor's right, office. Right, right. Unless, and so if it's a consultation, you're there because you want a consultation because you think that there's a possibility that you would need cataract surgery. Because it wasn't just like a doctor's appointment where they screen you during the doctor's appointment. Yeah. You're going to, and like, it's like when a free consultation when you need braces. Like, you right. don't have a free braces consultation but if you don't all of the, I mean, it's not like they, the um, patients were like 20 years old. They were like up there at the age where yeah. you do need cataract surgery. Yeah, but they knew like they knew beforehand that they would not be getting surgery. Like Not necessarily. I mean like Were they what? agents of the network? They were they were I mean I think they just got people. They got old people. Yeah, because they also had them they had them looked at by like an independent. Right. So I mean theoretically but none of them needed it. None of them needed it, but theoretically if they had needed it they probably would have gotten it like yeah. just not there. <laughs> Who knows? They probably did great surgeries. Just yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't I think, think it's the same. I think it's dumb that like when we think of implied, like some people think of implied consent, they think of implied consent for like everything ever, and I'm like, I just mm-hmm. don't think that that's what well, it is. Well, I mean, I just think that it's the normal cons- the normal activities. In also well, like the restaurant, for example, like, mm-hmm. do you think the restaurant is a good example or no? I don't think it's equivalent to like that example. I think it is. I don't. Because, I mean, so you have an individual mm-hmm. who goes in for services, mm-hmm. and then they leave. Yeah, but the restaurant critic paid for their services, and... Oh, well, they you know, might have paid for the... I don't think you did. Assume they did. It's like a free screening. That was the thing. Okay. Because it was like you wanted them to get it. But I think that, like, by nature, we think of, like, restaurants, and we think of doctor's offices, like, differently. That's like, fair. what's permissible at, like, a restaurant is... Not necessarily like the scope isn't as big at a doctor's office, right? So, would and you, I think I mean, that like you're ex- like by nature you're excluding people that would have wanted those services because like you're going and you're taking them for like a disingenuous reason. Is that a word? Disingenuous. Disingenuous reason. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And on top of that, I think that like the reason that we're okay with like saying that it wasn't trespasses because they were doing illegal shit. Right. I think that if whatever they were doing was, like, fine, then we'd be like, oh, that's wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, because we did talk about it in terms of, like, you kind of just have a feeling about whether or not it's trespass. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay, well, um, hey, if you're interested, go read Desnick v. I don't remember who it is. Uh, American Broadcasting Company. And like, let us know what you think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> please send me your briefs. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no book briefs, please. Yeah. Um, Advocacy. I meant like typed out briefs. Yeah, no, no, no. Like no. We want a big brief. one. We want a big one. Uh, capital B brief. Yeah. Um, so this hasn't been brief, but here we are. Yeah, um, this has you, been so long. Do you have oh anything gosh. else? I don't. I think we're done. Do you, okay, so we're done. Bye. Bye.